0: All right, it's football at four. It is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Jeff Mosher's in today for Andrew DeCecho, who's on vacation. Football at four on 97.3 ESPN, brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now, and they'll match your first deposit up to $250. Go to PlaySugarHouse.com and win real money with their sports book, along with casino games from the comfort of your home. Must be 21 to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jeff Mosher, is in the house. we got a lot to dive into. The latest Inside the Birds podcast recorded with the ITB-TV. Bill Polian today, he was the GM for the 87 strike and for the 11 uh, labor dispute and talked about the similarities of that time and getting ready for this year. And there was some new rules that have been put down. We'll dive into that and uh, we can talk a little bit about what you'll see in the newest ITB-TV with Jeff Moser, who joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. What's up, Moshe? And it's a very 2020 type of day. I heard him. I heard him talking. Did you hear him? I did. I heard him at one point, and now I don't. All right. So I will shake it up to 2020 and tornadoes and all that good stuff. Right?
1: Well, that's the type of day that it is. It's the type of year that it is.
0: Yeah. You know? I blame Josh. Yeah. He told me it was good to go. I heard Jeff Mosher, and I do
1: not hear Jeff Mosher. Maybe his mic's muted. Mosher's very famously known for his mic being muted and talking and then not knowing his mic is muted. Yeah. Well, I know. He does that a lot, actually.
0: I like it. did you not see me hit that button 10 times? <laughs> I know. Well, it's not. <laughs> I mean, incredible. All right. So well, it, it's one of those days. It is one of those days. No
1: air conditioning. We got the fans rocking and rolling. Well, I mean, you
0: did have tornadoes going on, but it's a beautiful day. You believe there's no Phillies going on tonight? See,
1: uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I want to sit down on the couch and watch Aaron Nola pitch tonight. I do. And
0: now we're not going to be okay. able to. Would you go Phils
1: or hockey? I would go Phil's over hockey because it's my job. I love using that as not an excuse of reality, but now I get to literally say, you know, this has been my life for a long, you know, a bunch of years now, but, hey, it's my job. You can't fight back on me anymore. What? It's the real thing to say. The, the hockey? No, I'm saying with the Phillies. Like, I have to watch it. It's my job. Oh, well, we got to go to my family party and we have this. I got work to do. This is my job. Yeah, you so see how I long that lasts. To. No, It lasts.
0: You'll see how long I no,
1: say it, it'll la- say it'll, it
0: lasts. It, it'll last. You'll see how long it no, lasts. No, it'll is last. Is it I has said. to. It's my job. I mean, what do you want? Then, fine. We won't pay the mortgage. Yeah, well, there's, uh, you know, they'll, they'll figure, oh, you got other ways you could do it. Right. Oh, you can watch it in the basement. So follow it on Twitter. Those. Follow it on Twitter. Yeah. That doesn't fly with well, me. Well, like me, I have YouTube TV, so I can watch it on my phone and go places. So she'll say, well, you can watch it on your phone. Yeah, like, you know, you walk around on a Sunday. When there's a football game on, you're watching the game on, not an Eagles game, but like the Sunday night game or whatever, something like that. I don't know if I'm going to stand for that. (laughs) Good luck with that. Thank you very much. All right. uh, Jeff Mosher, Inside the Birds podcast. Let's bring him in for today's Football at Four as we talked about the latest ITB-TV. Bill Polian, who uh, gave some insight on what this season could look like, that will be posted soon, and he joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Now, did you hear me bring you into the show?
2: I heard every single thing you said. I heard my responses to you. I have no idea why they didn't go through, but I can only do what you guys did and just chalk it up to 2020. There we go.
0: All right. So uh, 87, we had a labor dispute, a strike, I should say. In 11, we had the labor dispute, uh, and now we have this going on. So Bill Polian, who's been around the league for years, uh, obviously was a part of both of them. Uh, Give us a little insight on how he thinks, as a guy who was a GM in this league, um, this pandemic and this coronavirus is going to kind of affect the 2020 season.
2: Yeah, two interesting things that Bill Pullian said, uh, and again, this will drop either later tonight on Inside the Birds YouTube or tomorrow morning. Uh, the first thing is, is basically confirmation of some of the points that you and Hunter and I and Adam Kaplan and Andrew DiCicco have all talked about, and that's the, the rookies this year are really going to struggle to make an impact. In Bill Polian's opinion and a lot of analysts' opinion, just with no OTAs and this strange training camp where they don't even get into pads until middle of August, um, it's just hard to see rookies unless they're just so naturally talented. I I don't think Bill, nor I, nor anybody else wants to sit here and say there's not going to be a single rookie that doesn't play well in the NFL this year. That would be foolish. But by and large, across the board, it's going to be more difficult and a lengthier process to get them acclimated into the playbook, the scheme the culture. And that means it's going to be a little bit longer for them to recognize their rookie's potential uh, this upcoming year. So Bill feels the same way. He felt that because of that, teams that have uh, veteran co- coaching staffs and quarterbacks that have been in place, you know I mean, he like we were obviously talking about the Eagles, he of course mentioned Kansas City about having an even bigger advantage in that regard, uh, are, are clearly going to be ahead of teams that are on new coaching staffs and new quarterbacks. And that's always the case every year. But even more so this year. So if you already thought the Kansas City Chiefs were the favorite to win this year or were going to be very good, whatever you thought of them, give them a little bump up even more so because of the situation. They don't have to worry about uh, you know acclimating a rookie as badly as say the the Bengals do with their quarterback Joe Burrow. And then secondly, I thought it was really interesting is that Bill disagreed a little bit, and and when you listen, you'll hear the full. Explanation with the NFL doctor Sills, who tried to distance football from baseball in saying that baseball is uh, different and football is has a more of a safeguard because everybody's in their own little bubble until they play each other, right? And what Bill Bolian was trying to say was of all four major sports football is the least conducive to social distancing, right? I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Baseball is the least. uh, Let me, let me restart that. Baseball is the best at social uh, distancing because really, you know, the pitchers far from the hitter. It's not like you have bodies colliding baseball. You have uh, the best chance of keeping players six feet or so apart. And yet you've had an outbreak with the Marlins. You've got one now with the Cardinals. So you look at football, yeah, you might be in your mini bubble, but all it might take is one or two cases uh, popping up. And when you are inside your quote unquote mini bubble, um, you can spread that much easier because there's no way you can be six feet apart uh, from a fellow teammate. I mean, you're on the offensive line, you're in the huddle. We know this. There's just no social distancing when you're on the field in football
1: you mentioned how difficult it will be for rookies and that's something that we've kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks, but do you think that we should now change or lower our expectations for someone like Jalen Rieger? Or do you think that the current expectation is what you should expect with the current situation happening?
2: Yeah. I mean, some, some rookies are going to have, you know, different scenarios. You know, I mentioned Joe Burrow. If he's a naturally talented quarterback, like a lot of people think he is, he's going to get an opportunity Right, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Bengals. So even if he struggles a little bit, he's going to have time and snaps and reps to be able to work on getting better and improving. And Jalen Rager, to me, is in that boat because he's going to be on the field unless he's terrible and doesn't understand the playbook. And by all accounts so far, that that's not been an issue with him. He's, he, we have been told he's been demonstrating good football intelligence and understanding of what they want to do. And because you, you have a guy like Marquise Goodwin who opted out, and because really after Deshaun Jackson, there's a lot of question marks at wide receiver and Alshon Jeffrey on PUP, Jalen Rager's going to have to get out there. And, you know, just like J.J. Arthega-Whiteside, or even uh, forget Arthega-Whiteside, our, our last year, you know, everybody was wondering why, um, uh, man, why can't I remember the name? They, they're wide receiver from North Carolina who couldn't catch any Matt Collins? Uh, last year.
0: Yeah, thank, Matt you, Collins. thank you, thank
2: man. It's, it's a It's amazing how quickly we move on from guys, right? But (laughs) Matt Collins had every opportunity in the world for a good, what, six, seven weeks there to do something, and he was just unable to do that. So, I mean, Jalen Rager will have a lot of opportunities to get the ball in his hands, to run routes, to be uh, creatively schemed up. So I don't know that it's going to impact him as much as maybe what they want to do with Jalen Hurts or even Davion Taylor, who's already – a project to begin with, and really needs every single rep that he can get, and and just probably won't have that uh, in this training camp. And then you talk about the lower round guys, the fourth, fifth, and sixth for every team that's already, you know, struggling to make the team or, or not a lock to make the team.
0: On that note, you got a guy like Hurts. Uh, what I, you know, I'm interested to hear what Polian. I mean, because he famously was not a big fan of, of Lamar Jackson, and he seemed like got got that wrong. Uh, has he changed it all? On where he sees a guy like Jalen Hurts moving forward.
2: Yeah, it was interesting because we asked him um, about the use of a second round pick on a guy like Jalen Hurts. And his answer was really more just in general about what the Eagles can do with Jalen Hurts. And he made it clear he felt that Jalen's athleticism and ability to impact the game, you know, as a weapon more so than a quarterback. Is probably what you're going to see early on. He just doesn't feel like um, Jalen coming out of college was a polished enough, you know, passing uh, quarterback, and that he's got to work on that part of the game before he can truly be considered a quarterback. And obviously, with everything that he's facing, with everything that everybody's facing this year with these training camps and and uh, limited time, that it's going to be more difficult. But for as much criticism as he's taken on Lamar Jackson, and, and rightfully so. Um, He's a huge fan of Russell Wilson. I mean, who's not? And he did talk about the idea of the future of football. You see guys like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. And um, I raised um, with Bill what Doug Peterson and some of his coaches have said about having multiple throwers on the field at the same time. And he did bring up a really good point about how for the longest time, it's been 11 on 10 football. The defense has 11. The offense has 10 because the defense doesn't really have to plan to quote-unquote cover a quarterback. But when you have someone like Dick who was kind of a, a unicorn at his time, but now you're seeing a proliferation of that. Guys who can run, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or Russell Wilson or Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, you have guys Baker Mayfield who can really run on designed runs, and it's starting to spread around the league and Kyler Murray that... Um, this is probably going to be the future of football and it's more 11 on 11 and that creates a lot more advantages for the offense and a lot of going back to the drawing board on what to do when you're the defense.
1: This might be the most 2020 question you will get on this team. Should the Eagles quarantine Carson Wentz?
2: Well, it's interesting. I mean, um, we've seen that two starting quarterbacks were on the COVID list, but we also know, or at least we've come to find out that, uh, both quarterbacks I guess were uh false they were false positive tests so they did not have the covid but they they wound up testing positive anyway um Matthew Stafford is now off of it and I don't know if you guys saw the statement by the Detroit Lions but it almost seemed like they were you know very defensive about the idea that he was even on the covid list to begin with so uh but I, I, listen I think that There's a strong argument to be made for it, and there's an an argument to be made against it. If the Eagles and Doug Peterson said yesterday that he was considering it, it's something to consider. The quarterback position is the most important, obviously, position in the game. And this year it's going to be doubly important to keep your quarterback healthy because you just have no idea how many healthy and available bodies you're going to have on a week-to-week basis. So if it means just taking your quarterback when he's in the kind of when he's in the facility. We're not talking about on the field or at home. We're talking about when he's in the Novacare complex and they're doing classroom work. If you want to put him in a room by himself and then have the offensive coordinator or a play caller or the head coach, whatever, uh, and any other teammate, like a center that maybe he has to work with, if you want to have them in another room and then you wind up doing a lot of your film study and conversing through Zoom, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, you're safeguarding. And I don't think it kills chemistry. It's, it's not like, he, you know, you're keeping him there while practice is going on and he's just watching practice from a TV screen and not participating. And it. it's just the, the other part of the, the mental part that a lot of fans don't see the, the the classroom element that goes on every day throughout the week. And if it, if it really means keeping your quarterback extra healthy, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, think about everything the NFL already does to safeguard the quarterback position, if the Eagles went and did it or if other teams did it, I wouldn't kill them for it. I think it would make there's some there's some sense to
0: it. Yeah, the, and there's talk, too, like the New Orleans Saints, I believe it is. They have quarantined their player or bubbled their players, essentially. They have got a hotel, right, and they're having training camp where they're making the players live in a hotel. Uh, they cannot go home. They have to stay in this bubble hotel. You wonder if more teams are going to follow suit to that, uh, You know, not only quarantining a player like Wentz or your uh, quarterback, but the whole team.
2: Well, Mike, it's my understanding that that is an optional bubble atmosphere that they're doing, and I don't think that they can make the team do that because it's already been agreed upon uh, in their their collective bargaining agreement for the health and safety protocols that it's a, that you can't mandate it. Um, so, but I believe that the Saints are doing it so that their players can take advantage of that. And I know, you know, Louisiana is one of those states that you know a month ago was had a, had a lot of. Um, cases and so it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the saints did if not all of them take up that opportunity to do it but i don't know that it's mandatory but i do think excuse me i, I do think it is a good idea
0: yeah it's something that uh more teams might start to look into and maybe not not mandate it but strongly suggest you better stay inside that hotel um if you want to take a, you know, move down that road, uh, Jeff Mosher football at four powered by the inside the birds podcast, make sure, uh, you check out the latest ITB TV, which is coming up with Bill Pullian. And, uh, let's, uh, get into, uh, another concern. Jason Peters making this adjustment to right guard Dillard, the adjustment to left tackle, which these guys haven't got a chance to be out in the field and start getting along, and then we know that Lane Johnson, he's out, so Peters isn't even going to be playing, uh, presumably, with the guy he's going to be playing next to right away.
2: Yeah, I, these are the two biggest question marks to me on the team right now, and you can find some other ones, at wide receiver, at safety, at corner, certainly, but you have a left tackle who's about to become your, your starting left tackle for the first time and taking over for a Hall of Famer. Right and he, a left tackle who was a first-round pick last year but only played sporadically and certainly left a lot to be desired at times. And then you have the, that Hall of Famer that we were speaking of, Jason Peters, now moving to right guard at the other side of where he's played and a new position. And Adam and I on the latest Inside the Birds podcast really went, took a deeper dive into, well, which one is the bigger question mark? And, you know, I think if you also factor in that these are two guys, you know, we are under the microscope and two concerns. Their first game is against Washington. Now, I know Washington's not been very good for a long time, but we have to be honest here. That front seven that Washington has is going to be very, very good. It already is good. I mean, they've got Ryan Kerrigan, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Montez Sweat was a good rookie last year. He should be better. And, of course, they added Chase Young to it, number two overall pick, Matt Ionitis is it another good defensive lineman? That's a really, really good front seven with Jack Del Rio coaching it and uh, things seemingly kind of turning around there with Ron, Ron Rivera in charge. I expect that to be a very, very difficult test for the Eagles' offensive line. And so at the end of the day, I, fellas, and this is just my opinion, I feel like I'm more prone into thinking Jason Peters is going to figure out that position because he's such an intelligent player, such a great athlete and a veteran who's been in a long time. But I do think to expect him with no camp and no you know, very limited practice and no preseason games, right, to just walk over to right guard and play it at a Pro Bowl level, I think would be against that Washington defensive front is a little much. I, I tend to think that Jason will get better as the season goes on, but he's going to have to take a few months early on. My bigger concern is will he stay healthy and durable enough to get better all season long? And with Austin Dillard, You know, there's a level of concern because he really needed this offseason to improve in the areas that we, you know, hand usage, getting stronger, you know, um, defending the bull rush, which he's had issues with going back to college. And he's just really not getting that opportunity at the moment. And he's not going to have a lot of opportunities when, when, even when the pads come on till the start of the season to really, really be able to hone that. And when you you start off the year against a pass rush like the Washington has – you know, when, two, when two-fifths of your linemen are kind of question marks against a really good defensive front, things can get ugly quickly.
1: Well, a scenario just popped up into my head when you were saying, you know, Jason Peters, what if he gets hurt? Well, what if that does happen and then Andre Dillard either struggles a lot or what if he goes down too and then your, your security blanket in Jason Peters sliding the left tackle isn't even there?
2: Yeah, it's not. And that's why it's a, you know, it's a, to me, it's, it's a, it could be a very strong offensive line, but it could also be a very scary one if injuries result. I mean, Matt, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered this training camp, and it's not going to be a real training camp. And the first question, Hunter, that you're alluding to is can Jordan Maiolata stay healthy and be that backup offensive tackle that this team really needs if Jason Peters or Lane Johnson? to get hurt and we've heard a lot and we've seen it a little bit about my a lot of talent about his athleticism and this is year three for him but he's also had the two back injuries that have put him on ir the last two years he can be that guy then you feel a little bit better and then of course matt Pryor can also play guard and tackle as well but if he can't be that guy and now you're looking at matt Pryor, who only started one game in his career as your top backup offensive lineman you're not feeling as good about the offensive line
0: as uh, I'll leave you with this. Then a question from the uh, inside the birds, Facebook group from Dave Hansen. Uh Interesting. Cause I brought this name up a few times as well. He wants to know if there's a veteran linebacker out there. He mentioned Mark Barron. He's a guy that I like. Uh, he kind of fits. It seems what the Eagles like a guy who was a safety in college. He was productive. He is 31. He's been hurt. Uh, but he has been in a productive guy so do you still see linebacker help that could come in or are they going to go with what they got
2: you know about a month and a half ago maybe longer guys I, I remember hearing from a, a team source that um, they were confident that Howie Roseman was going to do something at linebacker as far as bringing in a veteran and they felt you know, the source felt that they really needed to do something to bring in, you know, just someone who's played the game for a little bit, has some experience, doesn't have to be a knock your socks type of signing, but just somebody that adds to this group. And, uh, you know, we're now a month, month and a half later, and nothing has happened yet. I do think Howie will still look to add at this position. I think the question is, what kind of linebacker are you looking for? Um, you know, Mark Barron is more of like a coverage guy, a converted kind of hybrid safety linebacker uh, and when you look at that's a guy who traditionally plays outside linebacker you know the Eagles have Nate Gary they signed Jatavius Brown Um, they've got Duke Riley that they want to give a look to my question is what about that rundown downhill linebacker right now it's TJ Edwards and he's looked nice and, and you know obviously made the team last year as a rookie free agent if he got hurt who plays middle linebacker who is equipped to be a run-stopping first and second down middle linebacker among the rest of their crew. Uh, certainly not Nate Gary, certainly not Davion Taylor, certainly not Jadavis Brown or Duke Riley. You know, Dante Olsen probably qualifies the most, and he's that rookie free agent that they signed out of um, are Montana? Uh, Montana or Wyoming. Yeah, yeah either Montana or Wyoming. I, I apologize uh, for the fans of those schools. Somebody actually hit me up on Twitter or email once saying I I got the wrong school. But either way, he's kind of a what they call a tackling machine. He is a downhill guy, but we don't know if he's going to be on the team. So that's an area that I think, you know, you talk about going up against Ezekiel Elliott Saquon Barkley. We know that Ron Rivera has always been a proponent of the running game, the power running game when he was in Carolina, that you kind of have to look at the Eagles and say, man, if, if, if Edwards is either not playing well or hurt, they're in a real bind there as far as stopping the run.
0: Yeah, now real quick, Jeff, you just mentioned I don't know if he's going to make the team, and and this isn't going to guarantee that he would, but the NFL did put some rules out today that could help guys out. 16 players on the practice squad, four protected spots Mm -hmm. as well. So it looks like they're kind of cognizant of the fact that, hey, we don't want these guys to not make the team because they couldn't be part of the 90 or, um, you know, something like that. They are going to let you try to figure out ways to expand rosters a bit.
2: Yeah, and I do think that'll be that it'll be helpful to a point. But when we're talking about someone or or the Eagles middle linebacker situation, you know, even if that were to enable Dante Olsen to be on the practice squad, by the way, he went to Montana, just to clarify. Um and it, we're still talking about a guy who has not played in the NFL or is a a veteran or has any kind of experience. So it it's still a little bit dicey there, but it does enable his chances to release um have some kind of influence on the team even if he doesn't make the original fifty three.
0: All right, Jeff Mosher, uh, Inside the Birds podcast. Make sure you always check that out. Football at 4 every day, except for uh, tomorrow and Thursday, uh, we have Sixers and Flyers, so no Football at 4 Wednesday and Thursday. It will be back on Friday with Adam Kaplan, and he will be in for Football at 4 on the Friday edition. Jeff Mosher, pinch hitting today for Andrew DeCeca, who is on vacation. And, of course, always the Inside the Birds podcast and Football at 4. Thanks, pal. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your day. You too. And, of course, uh, Football at Four, it's brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now and they'll match your first deposit up to $250. Go to PlaySugarHouse.com. Win real money with their sports book along with casino games from the comfort of your home. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. So, we got to ask Mike and Broads, do you want to get into some of these Sixer calls from last night, too? We can do because that. we got Blevins at 5 and PT at 530. Okay, then, yeah, let's utilize the phone calls. A lot of the questions were about the Sixers,
2: so it goes hand so in hand.
0: kind of morphful Correct. Little Ask Mike and Broads Anytime Hotline Edition. I love it. All right, that's coming up next.
2: Text message
0: 609-403-0973. That's 609-403-0973. All right, 431, Ask Mike and Brode, Sports Bash, brought to you by Matt Blatkia. They want to get you approved today, Matt Blatkia, Black Horse Pike. Egg Harbor Township, Mike Gill, Hunter Brody. So you guys can ask the questions, 609 403 0973. We will uh, hit on as many questions as we can today. We're also going to weave in some of the Anytime Hotline calls. How do they get that number? Uh, 856-442-9805. You can leave your reactions at any point. Just uh, start firing away. Absolutely. So do you want to give a question first? you want to get a call
1: in first? We'll we'll start with this question and then we'll go to a call because I like this question here. Uh, Al, ironically enough, this guy's name is Al, and he's speaking about Embiid, but, you know, Al Horford, you, you see the combination there. Al wants to know, how impressive was Embiid passing out of the post considering all the double teams
0: last mm, night? I saw, I mean, late in the game, he had a nice uh, to a cutting uh, Tobias Harris. Who's uh, on, that, that's also intrigued me a bit. Just Tobias moving without
1: the basketball lately.
0: Yeah. A couple no, of times. Embiid, I mean, he's still, it's not his strongest suit. No. You know, definitely by not. By any stretch, he he needs to get better in that spot. You know, I get this question here who said, What do you really see in Ben Simmons game on a consistent basis that you like? And I'm thinking, My God, we could be here for a half an hour oh, you yeah, talk half about the things hour. that I like. I tried them two to six. Yo, you talk about the things I like when Ben Simmons It's double team passing out of the double. I mean, seeing the whole floor, getting up and down the floor, the speed, the size, the power, the athleticism, the defense, the ability to just take over entire games. I mean, I just would. The one thing I don't like about Ben is the lack of consistency. And the one thing that I struggle with Joel Embiid is he hasn't, he'll show nights when he flashes the pass. And then it kind of like gets away from it. He answered a question. I think Blevins asked him the question last night in the press conference about how teams defend him, and he went on this long soliloquy about it. Did you see that? No, I did not and hear. Blevins well, will be we'll on. Ask him at, about. Yeah, it. he'll be on at five. But and B kind of went on about how teams defend him and how he's a very smart guy. He really, and that's why I'm surprised that he hasn't mastered that. Ben Simmons has mastered the ability to get doubled, pass out of it. He is tremendous in that. Like When you say, what can he do on a consistent basis that you like? The one thing that he doesn't do on a consistent basis is be consistent. That's it. Again, 85% of the time, Ben Simmons is an elite player in this league. It's the 15% That ticked you off. Right, and this person
1: wouldn't be. or Just the Ben Simmons haters in general or the people that don't see what we see, the reason why they're so frustrated is because, well, he's that great of a player. His ceiling is that great. You don't get that upset about Furkan or Howell Neto when they have bad games because you know that they're not difference makers. The reason why you're so frustrated about Ben Simmons is because you know that he has that type of ceiling, right? Or else you wouldn't
0: be that disappointed. Because... Exactly. You have seen the greatness in the player, and that's why you're saying I'm not seeing it because you're not seeing it enough, which is what I'm saying. That's what you're missing. He is great. He's great 85% of the time. You want him to be great 100% of the time, and I agree with you. He should be great 100% of the time, but because you're seeing it 85%, first off, you're saying, ah, it's only 10%. Now, this guy takes over games At an 82-game season, he's the best player on the floor 60 times. The problem is you need him to be the best player 82 times. And until he gets that, he's third-team All-NBA, not first-team. If he's... Ben Simmons, that he is 60 games a year for 82. He's first team all NBA. No
1: doubt. No doubt about it. And I mentioned how from two to six, we could talk about how much we love Ben Simmons and what he does. Forget That's loving great.
0: him. It's not loving well, the guy. It's, it's loving his you game. You can say you love the guy.
1: Well, I don't care who, this. you know. Well, I mean, I love his game. His game, is great. Like his game is great, and it can relate to success in this league. So when I say I love Ben Simmons, I'm talking about, you know, I love his Yeah, game. I don't
0: care, like, the fact that he plays for the Sixers or what. Right. If he played for the Boston Celtics, if he played for the Lakers, and I watch that guy play, I would say, by the way, the guy has been in the league for three years. He's been an All-Star twice. That's not by accident. And Rookie of the Year, by that's the way. That's not by accident. Well, the Rookie of the Year is whatever. Okay. The All-Star selections, you don't just make the All-Star team. You know, that's not easy to do you don't just, it's not baseball where everybody gets an all-star. It's not football where everybody makes a team, guys drop out. The NBA, you have to earn your way on an all-star team. There are players that are on teams that are just eh, and they don't make the all-star game. And they're very good players. You have to be one of the elite players in the game to make an all-star team. And Yeah, the back end of those guys like Chris Middleton, you might not look as elite. Al Horford's made all-star games. You might say, eh, but Ben Simmons has been... A two-time All-Star already; those are voted on by players and coaches. It's not just a ballot going around the stadium anymore, and people poking a pencil in it. His peers think he's one of the best players in the league.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I I was just bringing that up because for as much as we can talk about what we do appreciate about his game, we could probably do a two-to-six show on the frustration
0: as well. Yeah, but you know, (laughs) like you know, some people will say, "Well, he plays for the Sixers, so you guys see that," and you and you you. I don't care what team he plays for. If you can't watch Ben Simmons and appreciate the talent he has, no matter what team he plays for, that's a you problem. Then I'm sorry you don't understand the game and the talent that this guy has. And by the way, to say that Ben Simmons is not very good or he's just a guy or he's smoking mirrors... That guy doesn't watch the movie. You know you are clearly in the minority there. Oh, no doubt. That's that's just frustration speaking. That is just a, that's just saying something just to say something. You know that nobody agrees with you on that. Right. No, they're just frustrated, really. But I don't even know that it comes from a Sixers fan. That's the part. Uh, You're saying they're frustrated. I don't even think it's a fan. I think it's just somebody who doesn't understand what he's watching and just saying, well, the numbers don't suggest that he's a great player. Well, don't you think You're that- just assuming he's a sixer player. I don't even as fan. I don't even think that's the case. I think it's just someone who just says, "I don't see what everybody sees." Uh, then you're not watching the game close enough. Or You're they're not, not, not watching knowledgeable. the game or not knowledgeable. I, I you know that's probably higher on the list. But you're not watching the league then. If you're telling me, well, offense is all you judge people on. You know, this guy and this guy's offense. Guess what? That's commercialized. The offensive part is commercialized for endorsements and that kind of stuff. You can still be a superstar player and be an all-around player. Kawhi Leonard is not known for his offense. He is known to be the best player in the league because of his all-around game. Yet he's not commercialized like Steph Curry is. He's not commercialized like LeBron James is. James is, but he's probably better than both of those guys right now. That hurts
1: to hear. As a LeBron Jamesman myself. Uh, but due to age and due to where. But LeBron is at the top of the league as well. But that does hurt to hear. Uh, I'm not disagreeing, though. I understand Kawhi's age plays a role. Good, man. Oh, no doubt. But that, that's not a knock on LeBron. It's he's, just saying Kawhi's
0: really solid. He's good because of his all around game. He's not oh, no his offensive. For, he is an offensive force, but that's not what he's known for, is the point. Ben Simmons is not known for his offensive game, he's known for his all around game. And there's a lot of players who fall into that category that don't get the national exposure because the all-around game is not the sexy game. Of course not. You know, it's the offensive guy. He's the sexy guy. Right. It's like James Harden drops 55, but he also allowed 42. Well, that's great. Bradley Beal scores a lot of points. He's not in the conversation, although Bradley Beal, I'll give credit because he's made all-star games on horrible teams. It's not easy to do that when Definitely you're on not. a bad team to make the NBA All-Star game. All right, let's get a couple of these reactions. Hey, roads. I just want to talk about Shake Milton coming
2: up clutch in the end. I remember back, like, before quarantine started, I, I remember being so hyped for him. Also, on a side note, uh, after the game, Toby had an interview, and he was like, oh, I think we were going to win this game because we were at home, and because he-, he was nervous. But then he had a good feeling because he was at home, and I completely forgot about them being like 25 and two at home or something crazy like that.
0: And yeah, bro, have a good day. 30 and two, by the way. Yeah, they are now
1: technically 30 and two at home. That's so funny how they found a way to pull that one out, but not the night before because of the you know the the home court advantage part. The fact that that's even a, the a the conversation. The NBA does do
0: a good job of making like they do. Like, well, did you see? The sixth man. The guy who's at all the Sixers yeah. games,
1: he was relaxed. Allah With was the, like, who's that guy leaning back?
0: Well, I was listening to the game on the radio, and McGinnis was talking about it. He's like, there he is without his shoes on. He's sitting there in his socks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his name's yeah, was, like Al something yeah. or another. He was
1: leaning back. You saw everyone else is just the head, and you see his full body relaxing on the couch. Is it was that pretty real damn time, funny. though? I don't know. I think there's, so for my knowledge, I don't know if, if this is exactly how it works, but I think there's an app. That you can use, and then that watching the game with that app allows you to like be in the stands or or something like that. There's, but yeah, I think it's real time. It's as they're watching the game. I, I think so. I don't know, man. You don't think so? Some of the reactions are weird. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you got I'm guys wrong. with like
0: putting their hands this, on their this head. This does seem guys. like a,
1: a Josh thing. Josh knows everything about the bubble. Everything. I'm like, I don't care
0: about any more about this yep, right now. But he we're is so in excited. Josh. We're bringing him in. Like this is our going to. This is going to be the least. <laughs> he's he's our Woj.
1: She's our Woj bubble insider. He's uh, uh Andrews. What what is her name again? The one who's in the bubble. Malika, Malika Andrews, right? Yeah, Malika Andrews. Yeah, th- you're our version. You're sure. inside the bubble. So basically, the way it works is that there's two different feeds that they put up there. There's the feed. that's a live feed of people while they're watching the game. There's another feed that's like prepackaged feed. So for example, uh, Timothy Leow Cabarro and his dog were on the Nets game today, while TLC was playing. Oh, that's ridiculous!
0: Mm. I don't like that.
1: So there's two different things that. But I will
0: say that the NBA has done the best it can to kind of give you like the home, like when the Sixers uh, free throws, they give you the. Oh Oh, yeah! Excellent! Yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. uh, which is so old that I can't believe they're still (laughs) using it, but at least, like, you knew that the Sixers game was on, you know? And, like, they have the fans at the end, at the free throws, they have that little screen, so when you're shooting foul shots, at least there's fans still giving you – they need that big uh, heavy set guy back there. Yeah, 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 Monty, I think his name is. Yeah, they need him up there. Yeah,
1: I agree. Now, it's funny you brought – it when Josh started rolling over here, like, what could you possibly say? You know, there's – we talk about the Josh moments (laughs) on air. When it was Josh and I filling in for you last week – I give him a simple five for our for our last five, and you know the clock's running out. We got to be fast, fast. I ask the questions, he answers. Simple question: pancakes or waffles, right? Yeah. And I see Josh's face go, and I'm like, oh, oh I shouldn't ask the one. Well, it depends on the day. <sighs> if it's a pancake, it's because of this, and I'm like, oh, here we go. This is just a Josh answer. Yeah. Like he's got two different scenario. The- Pancakes or waffles, Josh? Right, what's pancakes the Pancakes or waffles? Bang, right on top of your head. What's the answer? He goes into the descriptive Josh mail. Here we go. You know how it is. The Josh answer. yet it's, it's What did you go with, Josh? I forget. He went pancake. Yeah, you go pancake. Well, it depended on the day. He broke it down. He I mean, he gave everyone exactly what they needed to know on the pancake or the waffle. Gotcha. Okay. But We hey, right. got another
0: call? Let's see what he said.
2: Hey, what's uh, bros? How about Shake Milton, my guy? making a go-ahead three. Now, that being said, the team still has a lot of issues. And that's not me being pessimistic or anything. That's being realistic. They Just can't keep throwing these leads and some defense would be nice. That is completely unacceptable, and people need to get on the same page. Other than that, I'm happy with the win. Go Sixers.
0: By the way, that's two in a row on the shake. Yeah, well, of course you're going to be excited about shake the second it happens, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, another, okay, so positive, hey, but I feel like uh, he's in the minority. You think so? I would imagine so. Well, think about it. You hit the game
1: winner, and then you call into the hotline. Maybe you you don't think, he ripped the defense, you know? He did rip the defense. It can't happen.
0: Which I did after the game.
1: As you should have.
0: 130, 127, unacceptable. So unacceptable.
2: Bros, it's here in California. Man, people need to give Brett a break. I'm tired of the constant plan there. Like, what are we supposed to do in foul trouble situations? Our bench is extremely limited. No Mike Scott, no Little Dog the third. We have Neto, we have Matisse, we got Horford, we got Burks, who hardly played. Now is the time to experiment with the rotations and the lineups and see what works and what doesn't work. And when the playoff comes around, hopefully Brett is, you know, in the right headspace and gets that done let's go Sixers baby
0: oh see I like what he said there though I think he made a point he brought up a point is is he using these games to give guys the opportunity to win a role for playoff basketball is he saying these seeding games don't matter so I'm gonna play guys that maybe right now he's given Neto the shot to win a role and given Burks a shot to win a role now here's where I'll disagree a little bit I think
1: that in regular season play, games one through 65 should be about figuring out your lineup. From 65 to 82, it's you should have your lineup down and figure yeah, but it this out. This is a different situation. I, I, I understand that it is. How Neto should never be involved in the conversation of winning a job, he won't work. It, it, it just won't work. It's unfortunate, but he won't work. Right. He's a regular season guy.
0: I would agree he's, with that too, though. So I, he I'm shouldn't not a big, have a chance. Big fan of bringing Neto into these, you know, into playoff basketball minutes.
1: I would have to agree. So from that point, like I do get what he's coming from. When you're in foul trouble, you got to find ways to utilize the different guys. But I mean, come on, How old Neto should never be in that conversation All right, ever.
0: We'll, we'll we'll break. We'll come back. We'll play some more of these. Okay, we got a bunch more from the game last night. The anytime hotline calls. Jay Blevins on the Sixers coming up at 5, PT at 5.30. You guys on the PlaySugarHouse.com sports. Now, back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Alright, 452, Jay Blevins on the Sixers next hour, and PT, Tuesday with Thompson. We'll ask PT if he's going to go hockey or PGA. I think he's going hockey. You got Lightning Flyers on Saturday, and you got Saturday uh moving day at the PGA. He's going hockey. You
1: think? I think so, especially this team this year. It's got to I'd be disappointed if not. What if the round robin
0: game really doesn't mean much?
1: <sighs> that is fair because if it doesn't mean much, I still think you got to watch though. I think PT's going hockey. We'll All see.
0: Right. Uh 609-403-0973 on the sugarhouse.com text board if you want to get in. We'll uh try to fit some more in uh throughout the day. You want to hear a another anytime hotline call you uh I, I'm surprised that we haven't heard a lot of negativity yet. I know. Let's see if the next one goes negative.
2: Now, I'm going to try and be a little more positive. But I'm sure oh. the other callers <laughs> are going to be, understandably. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that M B looked as good as he did. It's amazing that he in play for, I don't know what, over a week compared to the other guys, and he just comes in and dominates. But last but not least, I don't know if you noticed, but Ben Simmons did not shoot a three, not even an attempt. And we thought that was going to be the new normal. I guess not. Yeah, we got hooped by that.
0: No, you did. Yep. You did. Uh, no, I said
1: five. You said five attempts. Five we're attempts. sitting here at
0: zero. Yeah, not good. Game no. three. Ike, let say this <laughs> Simmons, for all the positives, he's been these two games. If you were ranking the players of uh, impact, lowest impact. Now, what if he goes seven games without take on
1: and then he takes five in game eight?
0: Can You imagine that? Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't think that'll ever be a situation. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm not feeling good about that bet.
1: Now, what do you think about these hotline calls? I mean, I think you got to respect the, You got to respect the, the callers. You would think after what you see on Twitter, the Sixers shouldn't even be a franchise after every game.
2: Uh, you know what I've come to realize today watching this game that the 76ers are the NBA Dallas Cowboys that all they're telling in the world with the coaching staff is just the reason why we fail, man. If you're watching the 76ers, you would never, ever know that the head coach of the 76ers was an understudy of Popovich, man. The turnovers, you can't, there's just no discipline, man. They don't respect them. It's horrible. Thanks, bro.
0: I felt like I heard that one yesterday.
1: I think so, too. That might have been one that we replayed yesterday. I, that that was my fault. I think I sent that one to we'll Josh say the to the Popovich cut up. one. Yeah. I might have yeah. sent
0: resent that one to Josh by mistake. I thought Popovich made a couple of, uh, you know, early in the game, I was kind of like, what's going on here? But, you know. Well, you
1: know what's interesting? You have 21 turnovers in the first game, right? And that's Brett Brown's fault. That's his problem. He can't figure out a way to get to this team. Then last night, they're around 13 turnovers, which is way more reasonable. Does Brett Brown get any credit for holding them to only 13 turnovers instead of 21?
0: Look, no, and by the way, defense is a will and a desire. They have not had the will and desire to want to play defense. And Brown called them all out on it last night. They asked him, what you think about your defense in the fourth quarter of the last two games? He I think it stinks. We'll see if anything changes, though. It's not wrong. Who do they play uh, tomorrow? They play the Wizards. Ah. I
1: know. Now, if they lose to them, how do we feel? Uh, Yeah, I think Washington's uh, not ready to get out of the bubble. Yeah, I'd probably feel the same way.